Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. This is still season 18. Extra episode. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Look back. How's it going? Isn't it how it's going? How how it's going. Okay, how yeah. it's going? How's it going? How's, how's it going? <laughs> I don't think it was, a, was it a question? Keeping it conversational. Yeah, there was no question mark at the end of it. <laughs> how are we doing here? Not good, bitch. <laughs> it's not well. Yeah, <laughs> we're not doing good. Well, do you want to reread us the same description from last week <laughs> since that's basically what they gave us? It is a hard copy and paste here. The TLC description is... All but one of the sister wives have fallen out with their husband, Cody. The Browns look back at the huge ups and downs of the relationship roller coaster this family has been on. It's like a season pass to Six Flags in this family. <laughs> I'm still kind of weirded out by these episodes because when this show ends, are they just going to make them do the same thing over again? Because you know there's no way they just end this show and it's like the last episode of the season. We're going to have to watch them walk down memory lane, which is basically what we've been doing in these past two episodes. That's the theme of the show. The whole series has been how great things were 10 years ago. Because <laughs> when the show started and Robin came into the family and they were moving to Vegas and everything was hard, hard, difficult terrible times. It used to be so much easier, so much better just a couple of years ago. I wish you'd been around to film some of that. And then you go a couple of years down the road in this show, and then they're looking back, man, season one, those were the good times, the good old days. <laughs> It's just a matter of perspective, apparently. <laughs> just keep moving the goalpost, keep changing, rewriting history as we go. And it was the best of times and it was the worst of times, always, every step of the way. Mostly the worst of times. Very, very much so, the worst of times. But speaking of the worst of times, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Oh, yes. This episode is dropping. As we know, Valentine's Day is the worst day of the year for polygamists. <laughs> well, I guess then Cody and Robin should be celebrating. I'm sure we'll see pictures of them out in public at a steakhouse somewhere. Perhaps another fondue trip. They're monogamous now, so this should be the time to whoop it up. Whoop it up. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Whooping it up. They're really excited for uh, being able to display their love to one another in an environment where they don't have to keep it hidden anymore. Carnally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope that your partner awkwardly shoves a bouquet of flowers at you before quickly backing away today. Christine, here you go. Yeah, with all of the heartfelt delivery of a UPS or FedEx person. <laughs> oh my God, you know how petty Christine's going to be on Valentine's Day? Yeah, we, we are recording this before the actual day. We're going to get... So this is a prediction. Yeah, we're going to get an Instagram photo of a trail of rose petals to Christine's bed. <laughs> 
that were all thumb planted there individually, <laughs> each one, each rose petal. You're really going hard on the David Thumb thing, huh? <laughs> it's hard not to. I've got an episode description rewrite. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, let's hear that. Robin gets uninvited from the Brown family girl party. Cody blames Mary's thirst for legal wife power for ruining everything. That's not the only thirst he blames for some stuff. <laughs> we learn there are no victims in plural marriage except for Cody Wynn Brown. It's just like there's no crying in baseball or bike riding, right, truly? Beer and Skittles, <laughs> which came up again this episode, and it was him just reusing the phrase. I think he was doubling down on it. He finally landed on a phrase that did exist. <laughs> And so he just needed to drive that point home. I'm surprised he didn't mess it up. Take it to the nuts edge. That's <laughs> yeah. the one he really should be going hard on. Whoa. I think he already does. <laughs> Living life on the edge. All right. And announcements? Announcements. There are quite a few announcements. First and foremost, we are planning a crossover episode with Pop Psych next week, which will be kind of like a Sister Wives State of the Union. That's what we're going to be referring to it as. <laughs> So just a conversation about where the family's been, where they're going, who's stable, maybe who's mentally unstable at this point. Yeah, hopefully a little bit more of a uh, psychoanalysis, not just our armchair perspective here. We'll get some actual experts in on this, but that'll release next Wednesday, February 21st. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be releasing here right on the public feed. Over in the virtual cul-de-sac, though, we got some updates, too, because we're going to be moving seasons 11 and 12 over to the archives on Patreon, over at patreon.com slash survivingpod. Make sure you go subscribe. But no fear, you have until pretty much the end of the month. I think it's the 28th of the month is when we're going to aim to have all of that moved over. So until then, binge your heart out here on the public feed. Also on the Patreon, we just released our Let's Talk About It episode this week, which was recapping the season one, episode one premiere of Prison Brides, the new show on Lifetime, which boy, what a journey that was. <laughs> Obsessed. I'm going to watch all of it. There are quite a few episodes available on demand that we were able to burn through, and we learned a lot more after that because we'd only seen the first episode when we did the recap here. So now there's a little bit more context into some of these stories. It's like if Love After Lockup and 90 Day Fiance had a baby. And that baby went to jail. <laughs> and it is a beautiful baby. <laughs> For most of its adult life, <laughs> it will be incarcerated. And then our next recap that's coming up is going to be on The Traitors, which is on Peacock. Season two of The Traitors. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to get so much Scottish accent from Corey. <laughs> Oh boy, we're in for a wild ride, which we've had quite an experience with the traders in and of itself. We started in on season two of the US version, just dropped in. We were like, what is this? This is amazing. Went back, binged all of season one, waiting for the new episode of season two to come out. Then watched the UK version. Then we watched a whole season of the UK one, waiting for the next episode to come out. So it's been a week to week release for us where we've been binging an entire existing season from one of the other countries in between. So we're caught up. <laughs> I think we'll put it that way. We're invested. And the last thing before we jump into the episode, we have a voicemail from one of our legal wives. Hi, Corinne, Carly. It's Chloe, legal wife from the UK. Love your podcast. I was watching the program that Kobe keeps on using all the catchphrases, and me and my daughter were watching the program Catchphrase in the UK. And it came to mind that he would absolutely love to make a celebrity appearance and celebrity catchphrase. Then I thought of all the others and what they'd be good in. So we thought that Christine would be great on Mass Singer, obviously, after her beautiful rendition and McKelty's wedding. And I think the clues could be good. Mary would be great on a program for Four in the Bed. I'm not sure if you have it there. It's when different um, bed and breakfast owners go to each other's properties and rate them, and at the end, they have to say what they're going to pay for the room, and I think she'd be quite savage, which would be great. So now I found quite hard, but I think she'd be great on Family Fortunes, obviously, with Garrison and Gabe, and all her real family now. So 
and as the leader to what Cody's discussed. And with Robin, I don't think she'd agree to anything. And with Corey's great and hilarious impersonation, we've got a hope that somebody on RuPaul's Drag Race does his impersonation and she appears on Snatch Game. What programs do you think they'd be great in? Bye. Great voicemail. We love the scenarios and the thought exercises that go into voicemails very much like this. And the accent. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Perhaps there's a large castle that we can rent out and then you could lead us through. No, no, maybe not on the traders. Okay. Well, who would we have on the traders from the Brown family? Oh, that would be a good question. Sister wives? Yeah. The Robin. I think it would be interesting to see. Because the whole time she'd be like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so confused. She would make it to the final and then she would unleash all of her suspicions. And she's like, I'm going to keep voting people out until I know it's just me and Cody left. (laughs) (laughs) Also, who would do terrible? Mary, because she would say one thing at a round table and everybody would be like, it's Mary. And she would absolutely get voted out as a faithful. She would never be able to commit to the fact that she wasn't a faithful. She or that she was, but she would say something. But you said that you weren't. You just said it. <laughs> just did it. You're in trouble. Yep. <laughs> she said it. She admitted it. Was that one of your answers or was this just going off course? No, this is just going off because we're going to be recapping. It's a tie-in. It's a tie-back. Okay. It's, a, it's a tie-die. Who do you have? You want to go wife by wife? Oh, did you do Cody? I did not do Cody. <laughs> you skipped Cody again? Yeah. All right, I'll do Cody. I'll do Cody first because Cody. <laughs> I wanted to see Cody on American Gladiator so then he can actually see people with six-pack abs <laughs> and packs that would just rip him to shreds. And I would probably pay money to see that. I would want to see him on Forged in Fire. I don't think he'd be able to do any of no, that. No, he wouldn't, but he'd be like so convinced that he was about to like make the most deadly weapon that's ever been been forged in, in an hour and a half. Well, not to tug my own horn here, but <laughs> I've never done this before, and I think I'm going to be the best at it. I've done a little bit of research during COVID, and I think I stand a pretty good chance. I'm just saying it just feels like there's going to be a forge out on Coyote Pass, right? On his plot of land. On the Christine leftover lot. Yeah. <laughs> he needs room for some type of activity. Lots of activities. Yeah. Just suggesting a new hobby for him. <laughs> He's got a lot of wood that he could use to make handles with. This is true. Yeah, he could salvage. He's pulling logs out there. <laughs> Decorative weapons only, though. Yeah, they're just display pieces. Uh, who are we at? Mary? Did you want to go with Mary next? Yeah, let's go through the marriage order. And I know you're very excited about this one. <laughs> I've been giggling since before we started recording. Go on. Who's who's your, your, your pick for Mary? For Mary? I said Trading Spaces. Okay. Pretty good. It's not like a game show, but it's one of those kind of reality. She'd be the worst person to go on Trading Spaces with because she would hate whatever you did to her room. Well, she's going to hate what you did to her room. And then she's not going to know how to decorate your room so you're both going to get a pretty shit deal out of this and i think that's why it would be so much fun to watch <laughs> her and jen would be very fun because jen would purposely pick things that mary would not like just to mess with her mm-hmm. yeah you'd have to what's your pick i think mary belongs on wipeout <laughs> oh wipeout would be good yeah i feel like that's low risk enough for mary where she's like oh i don't care physically high risk Well, yeah, physically, but emotionally very low risk. And so I think she's up for that balance. Ever since we saw her plow into the side of that house in the snow, I was wipe out. Clear winner. The sledding incident. She did blow a knee out on a skiing trip, and that wasn't doing anything too extreme. There wasn't like any jumps involved or anything. So I would worry about risk of injury here. There might be a pretty large insurance claim that's attached <laughs> to this visit here. We also had the surfing incident in Hawaii. Oh, right. Yeah. Where, where she, she plowed, plowed right Leon. over Leon. <laughs> no. Oh man. Yeah. That she's was... a liability to everyone on set. <laughs> well, if you keep the obstacles out of her control, maybe that would be better. Yeah. She's not needing to ride anything. <laughs> oh dear. Well, that's a good tie-in to uh, Janelle. 
Is it? It is for me. Okay, what is it? <laughs> I have naked attraction, <laughs> which <laughs> if you have not seen the show, I don't know if I can suggest don't, you should even I, check it out. Yeah, I don't know. You weren't ready. No, I was not ready. This is a dating show. You picked it out and you said, oh, this looks interesting. And you turned it on and then you were like shocked and appalled. And I was like, did you not read the description? Didn't you see because, the images? Look, no woman wants to look at flaccid dicks this in a box. True. This is what <laughs> This is the concept of this show is that you are coming on to find someone to date and they are standing completely bare ass naked in a box. You cannot see what most of them looks like. And then throughout the episode, they reveal more parts of their body. Yeah. And my biggest flaw with the show is where you start off, what is it, like five people, I think, that they put in front of them, five or six people, six, I think. something like that. And then they don't have the person and the host who are like walking through all of these naked people to dissect everything about them because you don't see their face. They reveal from like the floor up slowly each round. So you just see like their legs or their dong. (laughs) And then you kind of move up from there. I think that everybody should be naked. Just put it on an even playing field because the person who's picking doesn't get naked until they're down to the last two. I don't think that's fair. (laughs) Look, we have to look at uh, none of this is censored, by the way. Oh, it's very uncensored. (laughs) So but I feel like since Cody accused Janelle of being a dick pig, as our friends at Reality Gaze would say, that this would be her show. I think Janelle would like the power of selecting who she would be ending up with here just from a physical attraction level. All right. Can you top that? No, I went very, very safe on this one with Janelle. I would like to see Janelle on Wheel of Fortune, but specifically, I would like to see Janelle on Wheel of Fortune when it's parents' week and she would be playing with Savannah. That's very wholesome. Yeah, a little different. I think we went in opposite directions (laughs) there. I could also see her being on Cash Cap because I feel like she would just get a thrill out of doing that. I feel like she would be irritated. Like she meant oh. to hail a cab <laughs> She's because trying to she, get ha- somewhere. she has a purpose. She was <laughs> like, I got in this cab for a reason. I'll answer your stupid questions. If I can win some money. Great. I don't care. Can you get me there in 15 minutes? <laughs> I don't care what else is going on. I just feel like she'd be like very proud of herself whenever she got an answer. Correct. So maybe Jeopardy. Robin on Jeopardy. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she'd just never buzz in. My clicker's broken. <laughs> All right. Christine. I always thought Christine was destined for Dancing with the Stars. Wow, don't say that too loud because (laughs) they they might still cast her. You never know. I thought that her divorce and her cover story on People Magazine being the Princess Di of polygamy, I thought that she was going to be snatched up into the ABC world. The mouse was going to get her. And that was going to be it. I thought it was a done deal. I feel like that would have been fun while she was still single. Well, she wasn't single long enough, so I guess that was the issue here, right? Still is. I mean, if they took Kate Goslin, they did, didn't they? They did. I'm pretty sure they did. Then, like, they could snag another sister wife, a sister wife. Kate was not another sister wife. Mm, yeah. Kate would love to abuse to- a sister wife <laughs> <laughs> the way that she abused her husband. Yeah, I think she would. That's a question for McKelty and Gwen out there. You got to answer on your, your Patreon for all of us to know, who's worse, Kate Goslin or Mary Brown? That's not even fair to pose that as a comparison point. They try to make Mary sound quite horrible. Yeah, nobody's worse than Kate. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It's not a fair comparison. All right. My answer was worst cooks in America. Oh, God. Although I guess she's really like sort of uh, revived. Revived? Uh, she's, she's more like... Um... She's... Uh, She's more like like a guy's grocery games where <laughs> okay. she's like slapping stuff together where they spin the wheel and it's random ass ingredients where you have to like <laughs> put together stuff with like hot dogs and <laughs> hot dogs, a Twinkie and, and a bag of broccoli and kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your that's your challenge for this round. 
Okay, I feel like that's like cooking for a polygamous family. She would make that work. I got to say, Worst Cooks in America was solely based off of the fish tacos, which have been on my mind since last episode. Since forever. Since we saw that (laughs) clip. (laughs) Years and years ago. And on Tony's mind for that long as well. Yeah, because Tony's out here doing the Lord's work on his cameo, given excellent taco instructions for marinating the steak. For fucking real, though, if you're going to pay for a cameo from someone on this show, you need to pay for one of Tony's and get a recipe from him. Tony takes the cake. Because he went all out explaining how to perfectly make steak tacos. Just saying. It's good. All right. Did you answer this one yet for Christine? Yeah. You did. Dancing with the Stars. Robin. I would like to see Robin on The Weakest Link just so she breaks down. (laughs) (laughs) She will never bank. She will always get the question wrong and she, she will she get roasted. Even go on the show. Yeah, she would get annihilated. She would have an anxiety attack over just the name of the show because it would bring back memories of being made to feel like she was the weakest link in the Brown family. Yes, absolutely. And every time they throw a stat at her where you banked zero dollars and you got every question wrong, and she would be like, I'm trying my best. You bang zero dollars, just like you always have. Christine was <laughs> distracting me. No, okay, how about a new game? It's just you put Robin in a room with a camera and have her try to play Perfection. Pop goes Perfection and just watch her freak out when that thing explodes. <laughs> you remember that game? That anxiety, the, just that clock ticking? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like matchy, it. matchy game? That was a lot to That's anticipate. It. That's a whole new game show that I just made up. <laughs> All right, I want to see her on Supermarket Sweep. Oh, I think Christine would do well on Supermarket Sweep, but why do you go with Robin for that? No, no, no. Robin's our girl for that because she is automatically drawn to the items with the highest price tag. That is the challenge of the Supermarket Sweep. We're not on a budget. We're not trying to save money. We're not clipping coupons. We're putting as much stuff by volume into this cart as humanly possible. It's diapers and baby formula. <laughs> and so she's used to grabbing those. She's got spirit babies to calling out to her. And just huge wheels of cheese. Cheese and meat. <laughs> and diapers and baby formula. And I mean, her nanny would have to come with her, right? She can't go to the market alone. You know she calls it the market. <laughs> <laughs> the Piggly Wiggly, which we do see later this episode. They there flash back to that. We, uh, there was a what? Well, a Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. Remember the when they go grocery shopping? I'll remind you when we get there. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. That was a lot. Yeah. But thank that was a you. Whole bunch. That, that, was that we were inspired. Yeah. Very much so. Okay. We left off with Robin storming out of the studio, leaving just her tushy pillow behind. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Well, she's going to return. <laughs> um, but she's she's still not going to work for her paycheck. She'll she'll return, but we're not going to revisit what is apparently the most disturbing clip from this show, which was the commitment ceremony. I have similar feelings when I watch the clips myself from the the commitment ceremony. But I'm a professional, and I just bottle that up <laughs> and store that deep deep down inside, and don't ever mention it. I feel like we've watched this clip probably more than they have ever had to watch it that's assuming they don't watch the show well it's like at the end of Wee's big adventure when he's telling Dottie, i don't need to see it i lived it <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm he's surprised i am surprised that cody did not say that at any point in this he's episode. an outlaw he's a rebel <laughs> i don't need to watch it i lived it so they're watching it and we're gonna pick up in the middle of everyone reacting which is Again, what they're getting paid to do here today. Mary, mad, not happy rewatching this because they set a high standard for themselves and they didn't live up to it. I wanted Mary to hit us with the, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) She's heard that a lot in her lifetime. (laughs) Janelle was like, we spent so much time writing that mission statement. That was a special day. We involved so many people in our community, and in our family to help us formulate that commitment ceremony celebration. We even brought in Nancy. She said we even brought in Nancy. No, you brought in everyone. She even 
had a cake made into a tree. Well, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's how we want to formulate that sentence. I no? think there was a cake that was made to look like a tree. You, Same difference. <laughs> a cake that took root in the backyard. <laughs> that would be the best kind of tree. <laughs> That'd be great. They could have sold those houses for more money and if that happened. the best kind of cake, too. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, w- it was a cake that had frosting on it. Thank God. Not a naked cake. Just saying. What was Cody's assessment here? What was missing from this equation, aside from cake and frosting? Loyalty. Loyalty. Of course. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. (laughs) I mean, mostly on his part, but... (laughs) But he blames everybody else for their lack of loyalty. That's what made this all fall apart here. Y'all blew it. But did they really? What we end up finding out as they get into the next clip package is that things were better when Cody wasn't around. This was the Piggly Wiggly. This was when they went to the shopping center here. They went to the the grocery store, Guy's Grocery Games. They went to Flavortown. And this was when Christine was talking about flirting at the Piggly Wiggly. She was trying to pick up some tail. Remember? Going way back. She's done that a lot. Remember when they tried to go get trees? Well, that was Mary. Yeah, Mary and Robin were flirting with the tree guy. Oh, it wasn't Christine. I don't think it was Christine at the trees. But she was definitely trying to hit on some, I think it was military men. At the grocery store here. They kind of skimmed over that, glossed over that. We didn't get to dive into that. Lack of loyalty. The main story here is that, yes, the girls just want to have fun. And when they get to have fun, which means Cody's not around, they enjoyed that. They did like sister-wife bonding, sans Cody, that it was just easier to get along when he wasn't around. But now this is a total mindfuck for Robin because she's like, what if... None of this was real. Just like when I took everyone dress shopping with me. Well, that was a totally different issue. <laughs> I think that's. I think that it was real. I really believe now that Cody worked very hard to create division between all of his wives. Because if they weren't close enough to compare stories, they didn't know what was going on which was that he was always with Robin. And that was him living his best life. Because we hear Janelle say things about how Cody would come to her house and be like, yeah, I'm not attracted to Christine. I don't want to sleep with her anymore. And it's like, what? And then Christine was like, look, I know everybody hates me in this family. That's because Cody would come over and tell her that her sister wives had issues with her. And we've heard him do that kind of thing with other people. He's done it with Robin. That's why Robin thinks that everyone dislikes her and her kids. So now Robin's questioning everything all the way back to the beginning of this. There are doubts that are there. And it's because Cody keeps telling her, well, yeah, it's because they were all shitty sister wives and they never treated you well. They never accepted you. So he's just always there to stoke that fire of doubt in her. Such shitty sister wives she had that one of them gave up her legal marriage so that Robin could have it. The legal marriage that meant a whole hell of a lot to Mary. For some reason, Cody still doesn't know why. I don't know why she was clinging to this thing. It was like the only thing that we had left of a semblance of our marriage. She's hanging on to this thing for dear life. But did she really? Because she was apparently the one who came to them, according to their story that happened on the show, and was like, hey, I already went to a lawyer. I talked about it. This is what we have to do. I want to get divorced. I'm volunteering that. So, so that- you can, yeah, so you can adopt Robin's kids. And I know that's such a big deal for her and her kids. It's for the freaking children. But I think, again, that this goes back to what we were just talking about, that we already know that Cody and Mary's relationship was falling apart before this happened. She ends up telling us that. So I do truly believe that she gave up her legal marriage thinking that it was some sort of quid pro quo situation and that she was going to fix things with Cody by making this huge sacrifice to his favorite wife. This will prove my loyalty, my fidelis. And what a good sister wife I am, because the first thing he throws at someone when he wants to get rid of them in a marriage is to tell them that they're a shitty sister wife. So that had to be going on here. I did like that we got another glimpse back at Janelle's concerned conversation that she brought up with Cody about, yeah, this is kind of a big step 
for Mary to be divorcing you legally so Robin can marry you legally, and that might lead to favoritism? What do we think about that? (laughs) And Cody's like, that is absurd. As long as Robin doesn't act any differently and Mary doesn't act any differently. Janelle's like, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Cody Brown. Cody Wynn Brown acting differently. That should have been red flag number one for Janelle. That right away, he, again, doesn't want to take any accountability in the situation. So as long as the women don't act any differently, then there won't be a problem here. Because did Cody have some pre-workout before he was watching these clips or something? Because he came in so hot with the producer on this where he was yelling about Mary's power position and how she was so deeply attached, this weird connection to the legal marriage. Yeah, she started doing weird shit after she lost control. (laughs) It's like she got catfished. She started disappearing. She was talking about leaving the family. All these things, this weird shit is what happened after she lost legal wife control. And it's like um, maybe she spiraled because she realized that her marriage ended because you sure kicked her to the curb pretty fast before you even ended all of this. Because remember when he wouldn't take Mary to come to the legal marriage between him and Robin and she was like real upset about that. The paperwork shuffle. It was nothing. We just brought a camera to com- commemorate it, of course. But <laughs> I we mean, celebrate it we, every December. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't not celebrate it. <laughs> but I think yeah, th- that was probably a defining point for Mary to start to realize: no matter what I do for this guy, nothing's going to be enough because I just gave up something that was so important to me to share that, so that Robin can have something so important to her. It was this intention to repair things with Cody and improve things for Robin that was at my deficit. And now I've been pushed aside even more and nothing has changed with my relationship with Cody. So I think Mary kind of saw the futility in trying to appease Cody in that. Yeah, it backfired. And then she spiraled out of control. Well, then she became very vulnerable and that opened us up for the catfish. That was her... I guess you could say eye-opening moment. Christine's awakening happened when they... Awakening? My goodness. Is it awakening? Is that the term we want to (laughs) use for that? Not that kind of awakening. Ah, yes. She realized when they went on that retreat to Sedona with Nancy that things were bad. (laughs) I'm like, girl, that was so early in this show. Wasn't that like season six? Earlier than that. It was earlier than that. It was earlier than that. Was Saul, I think baby Saul was like fresh squeezed, just born. That's like season three, four? Three or four, probably, back in there. I mean, like. Because then that was Robin's excuse. I think she didn't feel well, and then she was, because baby Saul came everywhere. Yes, he's he was quite the so world traveler. He was absolutely at the uh, therapy sessions as well. <laughs> That's when she knew. Marriage broken. There's nothing we can do to fix this from here. This is when they had to do that exercise where they all had to stand in relation to one another based on how they felt they fit into this marriage of multiple people. Yeah, where's your physical representation of where you are standing emotionally with your relationship with your other sister wives and Cody? And basically everybody in the family was like, I don't know, what's the physical placement for the most fucking awkward thing in the world? (laughs) Because that's basically where I'm at, and that's where I'm living, and I don't know how to express that. Robin was like, "I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna stand next to Cody." She's like attached to his hip. <laughs> Is that the physical placement? Probably. I'm growing out of his body. <laughs> Janelle was pissed at this too because one of the original ideas they had was they wanted Cody to stand in the middle so that it was like he was the sun and they were orbiting him. That was his take on it. He didn't like that. He didn't like that they were all on the outside and he was the center of their world. Around the outside. But I thought he was the patriarch. Shouldn't the patriarch be the center who's holding all of this together? That's just too much responsibility. And I don't think Cody's out for responsibility, accountability, any of that. It is interesting if you think of the idea of like orbit and pulling other things towards you to work together in unison. To be fair, if you have one person in the middle and then... 
four wives around, you might have your back to somebody. Well, as long as maybe if you just do like a maybe if you keep if you keep turning while they keep turning. <laughs> oh, and then going opposite directions, so then you're just just passing each other. Yeah, maybe that would be the. Uh, the can we? I didn't know that we could have an active motion stance here. This is opening up a whole new world of possibilities, Carly, for our options. And how we're going to represent where we stand with Cody. Wow. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Nancy would have had her work cut out with us because we would have gotten pretty creative with this. <laughs> Maybe we could form one of those cheerleading pyramids. <laughs> Mary's on bottom. <laughs> we need the sturdy ones on the bottom. <laughs> That's how Robin would explain it. Mary, you're much sturdier than me, which is why you and Janelle and Cody need to form a bank. Oh, no, she would make Christine. And and Christine. (laughs) Form a base for me and Cody. (laughs) So anyway, that, that, that didn't go over well when he didn't want to be the center of the wheel. With the spokes. He didn't want to get spoked. Well, and Janelle's interpretation of that was if we do the exercise like that, then everyone is standing equal distance from Cody and from basically like the person next to them. That sounds too fair. (laughs) That was exactly the problem. That was too fair. I don't like that. I have favorites. I don't show favoritism, but I do have favorites. Cody gave us some like really weird word salad about love at this point and how he wasn't concerned at that point in time about being in love, you know, with anyone but Robin. But he was focused on love. He he wasn't worried about being in love, but he was focused on love, which is the love of a family. But that dream didn't work. Well, he was shitting on duty. Well, right. He accused talking about, some it, of the other wives of just acting out of duty, which I'm like, wait, haven't you? You he, have admitted that you have done told, that. You told Mary that. The act is easy. <laughs> like, word for word, you've said that. I mean, so, just because I feel like sometimes when you are in a marriage and it's not going well and neither of you are looking to go anywhere, that you're still trying to get through the motions of being with one another because you're not enjoying your time together. Okay. And what's crazy for me is when he's talking about that shit talking this duty, this responsibility that he has and that the other wives allegedly have for him. And it's their fault that they're failing in this because they're not making it easy for him to love them. So he's going and loving the other wives that it's easier to love them. Is that not favoritism? That sounds a lot like favoritism where you're just going where it's the easiest thing for you. You don't have to do anything and that just works. So you're going to spend all of your time with that wife. Well, and the thing that also is incredibly unfair about that is that the expectation of women in plural marriage, which he said to each one of his wives about how they just need to basically suck it up, get over the jealousy and become a better person. Yet he didn't have to suck up having a hard time being in a marriage with them. He just found somewhere else to go. And it wasn't in the middle. He he (laughs) didn't do it. He failed at that. It was not in the middle. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So then we're flashing back. We got fat olives 
for some polygamy talk with Janelle because she was bringing the heat. Yeah, I almost I kind of want to go back and rewatch this episode because we know so much more about the dynamic of what was going on in secret. This was a cryptic conversation that was happening in the open, in public. Within the confines of Fat Olives. Which, when you're here, you're family. <laughs> but this was, again, Janelle called this meeting. And she says that she knew that at that point, things between Christine and Cody were bad. And that's part of why she called the meeting. My favorite part of this whole recollection was that Mary had no idea why we were here, what we were talking about. That's only fair, isn't it? She's done that to them so many times. <laughs> but just to show how disconnected everybody was at that point, too. And this was years before the murder tarp date where Cody was trying to lay it out for Mary to understand. And even when he was directly telling her that he's not interested in having a relationship with her, she still wasn't picking up on that. So I'm sure at this point, she was very in the dark, had no idea what was going on, completely clueless. Well, this conversation was full of bombshells that were dropped. The first was Christine saying that she thought everyone hated her, which I'm sure that was a moment for Mary where she was like, wait, wait a minute, everyone hates you? So they they don't hate me anymore. Get in line. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, everybody acted so shocked, including Janelle. Yet we know that Janelle called this meeting because she knew things were going downhill between Christine and Cody. See, I don't. Janelle and Christine weren't as close as they are now. They've gotten closer without Cody, which we've established that is the formula that works in this family. So I don't think that they had a good read on where they were. She might have sensed that something was up with Christine and Cody's relationship, but she I don't think Janelle even knew how it bad it was. It was brink of divorce bad. At this point, how far along this was. So that was the first part of it. And the second part was when Cody went into that whole speech about how he doesn't want to be the spokesman for polygamy anymore. And they were all like, I'm sorry, sir. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> That's why the camera has been here all of these years. We've been filming a show to tell people about how functional and good plural marriage can be. And now you're saying that you don't want to stand up and say that anymore? No, now that I've profited from it, I think I'm done. I'm done with that part. Well, and it's not fair to women. That's really why I'm over it. Right. Yeah. And I like Mary's reasoning, though. If it's unfair to women, then make it fair. Make it fair to women. Well, just rich from someone who a few months from now is going to start talking <laughs> About patriarchy. <laughs> well, yeah. Very interesting. That's what got him out of polygamy and into patriarchy. <laughs> what? That's a weird path to take, man. But you know what it was? Biggie Housey broke the dreams. I do actually think that that was a huge thing that crushed Cody. It was a big deal breaker for him. Well, but part of it. I believe, is because it's not really so much Cody's dream. It was a Robin dream that then became a Cody dream, and then someone shat on that dream, and that just ruined plural marriage for him. He was already not happy with these women, and now they don't want to just do what he wants them to do, so we're just not going to do it anymore. So what we're going to do instead is I have no other way to make this fair. You guys are talking about sharing time and being equitable amongst the wives. I can't do that. So here's how we're going to make it fair. You guys can leave whenever you want. And then they did. Are we good? We good on that? <laughs> That's good. That's nice and fair now. You get to leave whenever you want. Does that bring us to the COVID conversation ground rules? Which I could not remember when they started to show this clip, if it was related to COVID or if it was related to to all of the conversations they had about the Biggie Housey. This wasn't the this wasn't COVID stuff. This was rules of engagement of how do we speak to each other as a family. So then this was back to the Biggie Housey. I think this was Biggie Housey. They had that moment where they were like, we can't communicate with one another about yes, this. This was the conversation about conversations. It's time to get another giant pad of paper from Staples <laughs> and a few markers to talk about how we're going to take notes during this meeting. And I don't know what Cody's deal was this day, but he was in a bad mood and they should have rescheduled because I think there was nothing but damage done here. 
where Cody was talking about how he doesn't give a shit anymore. Doesn't really matter about the family stuff. The family is now just an obstacle for my goals. Okay, I think that that is probably one of the top three worst things Cody has said on the show. This entire conversation did nothing but damage for all of those relationships that were there. Because at least there were some people who were still trying at this point. Let's try to make it work. But they were sticking to their guns on like, I'm not going to just bend over backwards and do whatever I'm told anymore, though. Mostly Christine being that person. I'm not going to sign up for Biggie Housey. That's not what I'm looking to do. And I'm not going to be coerced or persuaded into it. So I'm good with where I'm at. I would like my own house and leave it at that. He didn't like that. And so he got to throw a temper tantrum on Coyote Pass, one of many that will happen in the coming years. I cannot believe that they stayed after hearing him say that because that would have been the end for me. It's just so gross to say this family, which means you and your children, are obstacles to me achieving my goals at this point. And Robin's making excuses. Oh, that was when he was in his dark place. Dark place? Well, you don't just get to say whatever the fuck you want when you're in a dark place. With no repercussions and not expect any impact from that to happen. Yes, there's going to be lasting repercussions from this conversation. You have caused detrimental harm to all of these relationships based on your actions and your words today. Janelle's only reaction to it is just to call him a selfish bastard <laughs> Which, as they're rewatching that's it. That's it. I mean, well, I'm like, yeah, girl. But again, remember how you were willing to stick it out as long as he was nice to your kids. I mean, that was her line. She I'm had just saying that. you were okay with this. In hindsight, you're not. But you weren't that upset about it at the time. I'm coming for Janelle a little bit. I mean, season 13 is not going to fare well for Janelle when we get into the rewatch here. I have a feeling. And now going back, Janelle's realizing, listen, that's all coded language, the things that Cody is saying here. What he's saying to all of us is that we don't share the same values that he and Robin share. Yeah, cuz he was going on and on about values and about great values probably. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's kind of like what leads into COVID, right? Like this is The crossover of like nobody shares the same values because they don't want to be one family in one house. And now you don't share the values of trying to protect everyone in the family. It's amazing that this was the active fight amongst the adults in the family going into COVID. And COVID really just put that in the pressure cooker and sent that to a whole new level. A moment we will never forget. The murder tarp anniversary. Yeah, it's time for your annual review, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Mary keeps making efforts to see Cody more than once a year, and he's not interested. Does not meet expectations. (laughs) Yes, subpar performance evaluations from Cody. Uh, I think we're going to put you on a pip, Mary. (laughs) That's what's going on. You've got six months. Because every time Cody gets together with Mary, he feels like she has nothing but blame for him. And I think... Cody's mixing up the words here and the emotions because if he's feeling like there's blame, I think what he's trying to avoid right now is accountability, responsibility, those types of things. And so he's just calling it blame and then saying Mary's trying to blame me for everything. Well, but the other thing is, I think what she's blaming him for in his mind is pulling away from their marriage, which he should have been up front with her and said, I feel like things are broken. They cannot be fixed. This is a permanently broken relationship after the catfish. Well, he has told the cameras this multiple times. Yes, that, that he would be blames. Fair. Would that not be fair? He's upset with Mary blaming him for stuff, but then he's placing full blame for the catfish onto Mary and saying you made our relationship unfixable. I do think though that's that's fair to be in a marriage with someone and someone does something that goes beyond a moral boundary that you feel that you have, and now you don't feel you can trust that person anymore, but you have to communicate those then things tell, to that person. Yeah, then you have to tell her that. She needs to be in on that as well as part of your decision. But that's the trick is that Cody can't be accountable for that decision. He has to convince Mary 
to do what he wants her to do, which is leave, but on her terms, without his influence, because then that would be his fault. And he can't be at fault. Otherwise, he won't get a planet when he dies or something. I don't know the ins and outs. I just think this could have been resolved a lot sooner had he just said, listen, Mary, the catfish thing is something that I really just can't get past. I thought that maybe we could try to rekindle our relationship, but I just keep thinking about it and I don't trust you anymore. And I'm not really happy that things are working out that way, but that's where I'm at. And I really just don't think that there's hope for things to change. But the problem is Cody wasn't talking about his relationship with Mary. He goes into a whole list of complaints and most of the complaints that he's talking about here on his murder tarp date with Mary is actually complaints about Christine. Mary didn't realize it at the time because she got so confused where normally when he complains about her, she knows it's about her when he's talking in these veiled ways about these sister wives who've disappointed him over the years. And so she's racking her brain trying to figure out how is what he's saying apply to how does that apply to me and what I've done recently? She's got Pikachu face through the whole thing. It's so she's like, huh? It's so confusing because he's not talking about her. And she realizes that now she goes, oh, my God, he was talking about Christine. And it's like, yeah, that was the problem. He must have had some type of bad interaction with Christine right before they went on this date. Because he decided that it was his opportunity to rant about her. But then this is where Christine jumps in and she's like, well, then why is he so confused? Because Christine realized, oh, he's talking about me. She knew right away because that was probably stuff that was going on, direct conversations that she had had with Cody that he was upset about. And so all of his complaints to Mary were making more sense to Christine because she's like, oh, that's not Mary's card. That's my bingo card. (laughs) Well, the key thing that he said in that conversation to Mary was how People who are complaining should just find something to make them happy, which is what Christine did. But then when she did that, he was shocked and acted like he was blindsided. So surprised that, yeah, how could she leave? What? That she wanted to go find happiness elsewhere. That is just insane. I really don't think that he can remember anything that he said. He can't keep track of it all. No, no, he can't. Not at all. It's just even with a television show documenting straight, it. Well, oh yeah, and it's just straight from his brain and right out of his mouth. Can you imagine how bad he would gaslight these women if there wasn't documentation of these things coming out of his mouth? Even when there is, I know, but at least they know they're not crazy because they can rewatch it. Which brings us to Christine and Cody's breakup. And I think the only reason that Christine was able to leave before Mary was because she figured out the formula that I had discussed earlier, where You have to tell Cody that you are done, so that way he can agree with you. Right. It was Christine in the library with the book on narcissism. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess it was reverse psychology in a way. Yeah, because, of course, Cody was never in love with Christine at all. And he was just thankful, more than anything, that Christine was able to read between the lines better than Mary was. And that she was brave enough to have that conversation with him. But he's really the victim in the situation. (laughs) He's the prisoner and the victim. That's the sad part about plural marriage, right? The man, he's trapped. He has no way out. If I had wanted to go to anyone in the church and say, hey, I want out of this marriage, they would tell me no. I know because I tried to do it after being married to Mary for a year. (laughs) (laughs) They said just marry more people. I do kind of think that he may be tried to explore that path yeah well he did he says that he talks about it in this episode and the only way that he could do it was to cut it back with a little bit of janelle (laughs) just add more wives i like that christine's living rent free in cody's head by calling him a coward because he still thinks about that every second of every day (laughs) just from the way that he was talking about it i think that's what he's talking about being a prisoner being trapped because he didn't like that judgment he did not like that judgment well i mean the majority of people who watch the show are judging him negatively, especially when we get to the knife in the kidneys clip. Oh, man. Well, I like how the producers had to tee up Robin for this one because they were like, look, this is a tough one. Okay, so just get ready for it. And then Everyone's as, a tough one. <laughs> as soon as she hits play and she realizes what conversation it is, oh, 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 I don't want to watch that one. Uh-uh. It was too painful of a day. For Robin. For Robin, of course. 
because she can't see Cody hurt that much. His kidneys are so tender. Christine is still confused about how this conversation went so poorly. She's like, look, all I did was say that I needed some space for now. And nobody heard the for now part and jumped straight to, I never want to see Robin or her children ever again. And I'm still like not quite sure how that interpretation came to be. And that's really the thing that set Cody off, where he started yelling about how none of these women have been good sister wives. They've never been nice to you. They've never welcomed you into this family. Well, because that's what Janelle Janelle put those pieces together where she was like, oh, so then that's when he gets vocal about what he's upset about and he's realizing all these things that he's angry with. It's because it's you have to be in the Robin orbit. Everything revolves around Robin. Well, and Mary knows that because we do kind of find out why Mary stayed so quiet during this conversation. And she mentions how Things were going bad with Cody, clearly, right? So if she wanted to have any chance of fixing their marriage, she had to basically side with him and Robin. Which we called. We knew that. Right. Even though she does feel truly in the middle of everybody because she didn't feel like she really belonged in either camp. Then we get Cody marveling at his performance. He's amazed with how well this conversation went off for him. (laughs) And then we get his reasoning behind this because then I think... When he's trying to justify what he yelled at Christine was the sacrifices that he made to love her. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people had questions about that. So Cody has to fill in the blanks and give us reasons. So he's digging real deep here for some reasons. Way back to that teenager that they courted in Robin's number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives, who apparently Christine did not like. So the story now is that Christine did not like this girl. She told them because she was like up for consideration before Christine was. But Christine had wanted to be in their family at that point still. And Christine always wanted to be a third wife. And so the threat that Christine then had to go with was, if this girl marries into your family, I will never marry into your family. And so Cody, who felt like he was forced to marry Christine, who was not in love with her, who felt like he was at his wedding with a thousand-yard stare, said, you know what, girl? Then I won't do it. Good call, (laughs) Christine. I will change my plans for you. He's trying to say that she cock-blocked him, and like that's the reason that he has for that's the sacrifice? She cock-blocked him not once, but twice. Yeah, it was multiple times. Because then once she actually did join the family... Then he tried to slip her back in the rotation. (laughs) Maybe she'll round it out to be four. And Christine was like, hell no, dude, get out of here. I'm the last wife. Well, she was. I don't believe this story at all. I do kind of like feel like he would bring her up the second time. And then he rewrote history that the first time, the reason he decided not. It wasn't the whole story that she didn't want anything to do with them. She left them. (laughs) Yeah. Or, Or at least that's how they explained it in the book. So I don't know who to believe because (laughs) both of those accounts, I think, are pretty heavy Cody narratives that we're basing this off of at two completely different times in history. So I really don't know what's true. Unreliable narrator. 100%. All right. It's time to have the big fight with Janelle about the Christmas tree because that's what it was about. It was about the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. The Christmas tree. That's (laughs) it. But Cody's not one. Hey, oh, no. Fuck that. I'm not talking about I'm that. I'm not watching that again. I'm not talking about that anymore. It's painful. <laughs> this breakup. the iPad onto the couch. <laughs> I'm not watching that. Break- it's just as bad as breaking up with Christine, <laughs> even though that meant nothing to me. And it doesn't. It still doesn't. So painful. I don't want to talk about it. She's not a loyal wife. We're not working together anymore. We're not working together anymore. (laughs) We're not talking about it. She's resigned from this position, (laughs) and I cannot comment further. (laughs) It's a part of an ongoing investigation, (laughs) and I'm not at liberty to speak about it. I don't even want to talk about the rest of this. It was just Janelle rehashing what happened, like, coming out of that. I guess the most important thing was where the state of the relationship with Cody and the kids stands at this point in time. You know what I wanted? I wanted Janelle to confirm that he broke her doorknob. (laughs) 
as part of Look, slamming that. thing that. looked busted before he showed it, up. It's well, I mean, yeah, it looked like it was on its last leg. I like how the doorknob was shiny gold, and then the deadbolt was a nickel silver. The landlord special. The landlord special. At least I That's hope that's actually Janelle, a pretty nice landlord special. I hope Janelle changed those locks. Yeah, change that deadbolt, girl. Normally, you just fix it with the little white paint, make everything look the same on the doorknob. Everything, yes. Oh, no. You do everything. No. You seal up the windows, everything. Well, yeah. That's the landlord that Cody aspires to be on Coyote Pass (laughs) someday. Coyote Pass slumlord. (laughs) You're right. So since then, there still has has not been a conversation between Cody and her kids. Garrison is like kind of talking to him. They have a little bit of a relationship right now, but- there's been no reconciliation of all of the shit that went down. Probably just some gray rocking. It's just surface level stuff. There's nothing in depth. There's no... Just nod your head a lot. Conversation. Mm-hmm. Just agreeing. You get to hear him talk about how many logs he peeled. <laughs> <laughs> you get to hear about his latest pew pew show where he's selling things at a convention. How, how busy he is. His tactical gear that he's wearing. <laughs> some new pieces of equipment. I did have hope at the end when she said, I don't care if I never speak to him again. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen, Captain. <laughs> oh, and finally, our last wife down, Mary. First wife down, last wife down. <laughs> <laughs> Cody doesn't want to watch this one either, though. <laughs> I lived it. <laughs> She's just wishing, you know, maybe in some alternate timeline, Cody could take some form of accountability for anything. Literally anything. No, no, no. This was just Call of Duty. That's all it was. That's what this whole relationship is based on. Oh, this is where Cody talked about how she beat the love out of him in the first (laughs) year of their marriage. Because this was where Cody made it abundantly clear divorce is not an option. His only option was to dilute this relationship. I'm sorry. Did we not talk about that? Yeah. We've talked about that, about that's what it felt like he did. He had to bring someone else in. So that he didn't have to spend 100% of his time with Mary. And then you had Mary and Janelle who were at odds, so he needed to quickly grab a third to be referee, which is why he brought in Christine, who put all the pieces back together for him. So he's just really been bad at this from the very, very start. Bad judge of character. Also, that was kind of stupid. If you wanted to bring another person into your marriage so that you didn't have to spend as much time with your original partner, then why did you live in the same house? Because all you did was just spend 100% of your time with both of them. That's what Janelle points out, too, is that the Biggie Housey dream that Cody had, he built that up into the end-all, be-all of what their family should be. And she was pointing out, there's a lot of people who live polygamy who don't live in the same house, who don't even live in the same state. Robin and Robin's parents? Well, shit, Janelle stayed up in Wyoming for a little while, too, when they moved to Lehigh. He's acting like there are rules to this that don't exist. Well, there's a lot of optics for Cody now. Just like when he forced everyone into one vehicle to go visit the Dargers, because we can't roll up as a polygamist family in two separate vehicles. I'm telling you, it's like he started coming up with these arbitrary rules at some point. And in his own version of reality, where... It's hard to play along by those rules because you never know. They're always changing based on Cody's moods, and you can never predict that. So we get more footage of Robin crying, watching herself cry, (laughs) with absolutely zero commentary given. Just crying, watching, not saying anything else, not adding additional context, no other input aside from that. Not even talking about how she's feeling while watching that again. Nope, just sad for herself. Because she's a victim, much like Cody. Well, Cody sums it up that there are no victims in this family. Excuse me? He just called himself a victim. We just. Like five minutes ago. The whole episode has been about him clarifying that he is, in fact, the victim in every scenario. And it's the wives that are doing all these terrible things to him. What are we talking about? We do get a little bit of commentary from Robin at the very end about how they screwed up so bad. And she gave a whole laundry list of ways in which they failed at plural marriage, none of which were about Cody having a favorite wife. Yeah, she seemed to conveniently leave that reason off the list. 
She spent a really long time coming up with this very long list, though. I did like that she had her I've made a huge mistake sort of moment (laughs) on the couch because I think she's realizing now she has Cody all to herself. And that is your prize, Robin, and you have earned it. Every bit of it. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.